Welcome to Wesley's The Revenue Podcast, where we educate, enlighten, and encourage how to improve our quality of sleep to grow our business and improve your health and wellness. I am Darnetta D. Maury, certified sleep science coach, certified holistic life coach, author, national editor of the Black National Unity News, and a speaker. I am pleased to have my special guest, Angela Fishman, pelvic health, physical therapist, and business owner at My Pelvic Therapy, PLLC. Welcome, Angela, and thank you for your time and expertise. Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for asking me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yes, I am, too. So just briefly, if you can share just a little bit about you before I start the questions. Sure. Um, So I'm a pelvic health physical therapist, and what that is, I've been a physical therapist for over 30 years, but the past 20 years I've really specialized in treating issues that come up in the pelvis and with the pelvic floor muscles. So it's kind of a specialty within physical therapy. And currently I treat completely virtually, which is through telehealth, which can help kind of reach people that maybe don't have access to pelvic floor therapists because there aren't a whole lot of us. So it it can help when people don't have access. It can help when people can't take off work to get to therapy or have babysitting issues. So telehealth is just another way to kind of deliver services to people. That is great. And it's sometimes things have to happen to make it more convenient so that when you can more or less serve more of the masses of the people as opposed to you being locked down to only see a certain amount of clients. And then also you have more control of your schedule because that you can decide the days that you can be in your pajamas. Just say, for example, if you decide to work from home, you know, actually we're doing that. So it's great that, you know, that, that it's available now as opposed to, you, you know, like I was saying, it is really convenient. So I'm glad that you was able to pivot or maybe somebody you were forced to pivot <laughs> and then, um, you know, to make that change, you know, to, to actually accommodate others. Yes, it, it absolutely is much more flexible and um, it's kind of nice because I, I'm licensed in four different states. So now I don't have to physically be with patients all the time. I can actually see people that are quite far from me just because I'm, I'm licensed in their states. So it really yeah. opens up access for pelvic therapy. That is great. That is great. Now, you already kind of answered the first question. So how how does pelvic relate to your bladder? I'm going to just jump right into it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So our pelvis, at the bottom of our pelvis, there are pelvic floor muscles. And those muscles have two main big functions. One function is to help support the organs that sit in our pelvis, and so that would include the bladder. It also includes in a woman the uterus, as well as the bowels. So it's got this great supportive function. And then also those muscles actually surround our openings on our bottom. And so because of that, they're very important in helping to regulate those systems. So the urinary system, the bowels, as well as there's a huge role in sexual function. So they're really pretty critical muscles to be functioning correctly for us to feel good. Mm, that is really interesting. Now, question just came to mind. Is it true, or do you know, for a woman that um, it's, our bladder is smaller than a man, and is it the size? And I forgot what you said, the size of something. So, so, so do you? So, so can you kind of share anything about that? 
So I can tell you that the sizes don't uh, don't alter, are not altered that much between oh. men and amongst other women. But what happens is we learn behaviors where we think we have a small bladder because we're running to the bathroom a lot. And actually, it's not the size of our bladder of what's going on. These are kind of habits that your bladder has learned, and your bladder becomes what's called overactive. So it's really not connected to the size of the bladder as much as just how the bladder's functioning. And there's a lot of things we can do to influence that so that we can feel more like we have that larger bladder, which is what you know people are trying to feel like they have. They can go longer before they go into the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. I was not expecting that. And it just came up because, you know, I always have, see there, go get a myth or something I thought my whole life, how smaller and, you know, we can't hold it as long and, and all of that and see that it's totally opposite. opposite. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's really interesting. Hmm, okay. Um, now the next question is, why do you think so many w- women suffer in silence? That's a really great question, too. Um, There's a lot of reasons. And I think one of I think the first reason actually stems from a great strength of ours that we have. I think as women, we are extraordinarily resilient and we kind of tend to just handle what comes our way. We just deal with it. We deal with it until all of a sudden it's so bad we can't. And then we head in and, and, you know, try and get some help for our problems. Um, And then we also tend to prioritize the health and well-being of others around us and Sometimes our health takes the back seat. So I think there's this delay for pelvic floor issues in getting care for ourselves. So I think that's one kind of main thing. And then the mm-hmm. other main thing is that women just think this is normal. Hey, I've had three kids. Of course, I'm going to leak when I cough or sneeze. Or, hey, I'm getting older. So, of course, I'm going to have bladder challenges. And while all of these issues we're talking about are super common, they are not normal. So that's why I'm always mm. so happy to come on shows like yours to, to discuss and kind of um, break that myth. It is not normal. Anytime you have leakage or you can't make it to the bathroom in time or you can't sleep through the night well because of your bladder, those are things that actually can be addressed. Those are not normal things. They're common, but they're not normal. And so we want to try and get some help and get some therapy to improve those things so that your quality of life can improve as well. That is great. Now, what, what just came to mind, do men also suffer or is it just a little bit different? So, yeah, really great question, too. Many people ask me, do men even have pelvic floors? Because a lot of people don't think men do, but they do. Their pelvic floors are just a little bit different as far as the openings. They have two openings instead of three that those muscles surround, but they absolutely have pelvic floor muscles. And their problems tend to just appear a little bit differently. Um, A lot of issues can be related to prostate issues as men age or if they've had a prostate surgery, Um, as well as men can have problems with pelvic floor pain just like women can. So, yes, it absolutely flows over to men as well. Oh, my goodness, that is great. Thank you for listening to Wrestling the Revenue Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. Mentor Tracker is a comprehensive sleep tracking solution from sleep aids that you use before bed to calm you down. Sleep tracking that tracks your sleep, records your snore, and detects relevant sleep risks, including sleep apnea. 
to smart alarms that wake you up naturally. Sleep reports that give you more insight on your sleep quality and issues. And sleep courses and articles that help you improve your sleep health. All these are neatly packed into one app to help people have a great sleep. So scan the QR code with your cell phone, download, and discover more about the sleep app on Mental Tracker with millions of users. I am Donetta D. Maureen, Wrestling's the Revenue Podcast, and we have our special guest, Angela Fitchman. I'm going to continue with the questions. Now, the next one is, how can pelvic issue affect your rest and sleep at night? So there's a couple main, two big ones, I would say, that really, pelvic issues that can really affect your quality of sleep at night. Um, the first one is, and probably the most common one, is waking at night to go to the bathroom. So kind of the quote-unquote normal amount of waking at night to use the bathroom is really zero to one time a night. And that one time a night is really kind of reserved for us as we age, okay? But once you start getting up more than one time a night to empty your bladder, you're really interrupting the quality of your sleep. So that is probably one of the most common pelvic issues. And then the second most common, I would say, would be pelvic pain issues. So many people have disrupted sleep because of pelvic pain. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. Okay, now the other question what just came to mind is, you know, same way as a child, or when their bladder is still developing, and the parent might say, "Don't drink at a certain time," so that way, you know, that you don't wet wet the bed. So, do you know if there, if if drinking late at night could affect going to the bathroom more often? It absolutely can. Yes, and actually, what we drink throughout the day can influence us at night too. So when we see somebody that's really, they have a main complaint of going at night too frequently, one of the first things we do is try to decrease things that have been shown to irritate the bladder and kind of contribute to that frequency at night. So things like carbonation, um, things that have caffeine. So this includes all those carbonated waters that have become so popular, um, sodas, coffee, tea, um, even acidic drinks, so things like orange juice or tomato juice or even eating a lot of tomatoes, all of those things can pretty strongly contribute to somebody waking up at night. Not for everybody and not all of those things for every person, but what we do is we try and bring people all the way back to just drinking plain old boring water for a few days and then we see how they do. <laughs> So that's one of the most strong and quick things that we can do to see, can we influence our sleep at night better? And then what you mentioned, not drinking right before to, before bed, that's another thing we do. So usually we recommend people not drinking too much after dinner time. Mm -hmm. And if you do drink anything, we're talking a couple sips if you need to for medication, or if you have a med another medical problem, some people do have to have something to drink for medical issues. But in general, you want to try and not drink anything after dinner unless it's a few sips of water and then just see how you do. So if you notice that that really helps you sleep through the night better, then that's great information for you to discuss with your healthcare provider because we can put together a nice plan to start getting you better sleep, better quality sleep. Oh, my goodness. That is great. Mm, that's, that's really interesting. And it, it, something just came to mind. I know I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, when if someone have like a, a small glass of wine at night, 
to unwind a rest for some people. Do you know if that has just a, a much effect? As, I, mean, I know it's a drink, but because it's wine as opposed to juice or soda or water, like, you know, do, do wine have the same effect? Yes. So alcohol can have the same effect. And again, not all people's bladders are sensitive to all of these things, but we usually have to start at water, just water all day long first so that we can test one at a time. So let's say you enjoy a glass of wine each evening and we don't know if this is something that's contributing to you waking up. We're going to try and have you just drink water for maybe three or four days. See how you do then. And then on that next day, go ahead and have your glass of wine and see, do you wake up more or not? So it kind of helps you test one by one the things that you drink so that you can figure out what's really contributing to you waking up at night and going. Okay, great, great. Now, my next question is, what tips can you share how to improve your sleep, even if you have pelvic pain? Yeah, pelvic pain is a big one. Um, and I would first say, most importantly, if you have pelvic pain that is interrupting your sleep, the most important thing is you really need to be seeing somebody, not ignoring it, but really get to see, to see somebody to get to the root cause of that pain. Um, and you need some patience to do this because there's a lot of things that can lead to pelvic pain, but there's also a lot of things you can do about it. So you need to get into the, it might take you a little bit to find that right practitioner that will really work with you and find the cause so that you can start getting rid of it. You can't get rid of something if you don't know why it's there. Um, but in the meantime, there's some, there's a few things that you can try that might help you sleep um, better when you do have pelvic pain. Um, often like a warm or hot bath before you go to bed or a heating pad to your lower abdomen or to your back, that can help relax the muscles better so that you can fall asleep and maybe stay asleep longer. Um, and then also some gentle stretching to the muscles. There's a lot of muscles that attach to the pelvis that kind of contribute to a tense pelvic floor. So if you can do some gentle stretching to these, what we call kind of the neighboring muscles, that can often help your pelvic floor muscles relax better and then decrease some of your pelvic pain. Um, and actually the Pelvic Pain Foundation of Australia there at pelvicpain.org.au, they have this really nice handout that has easy stretches to relax the pelvis, which your listeners might be interested in. Oh my goodness! So now something just came to mind. Is it is it about? Can you be proactive and do things beforehand so that way you, that you don't wait until you get the pain if you ever get it. Um, that's a little bit harder to pin down, right? Because pelvic pain can be from so many different um, mm. causes. I mean, I think just leading a healthy life can help, you know, just like it could with anything else, help kind of hedge your butts to stay healthy, right? So mm -hmm. drinking enough, sleeping enough, keeping your bowels moving well. So constipation is a problem for a lot of, of people and can really kind of wreak some havoc depending on how bad it is on your pelvic floor. So that probably keeping your bowels regular is something that you can do that will really help to not only with pelvic pain, but also to your bladder function. Because if you're having a lot of problems with um, constipation, that can contribute to urinary frequency or urinary leakage when you cough or sneeze. So, um, so there are some things that you can be proactive about, but it's hard to be a lot more specific than that um, just because there are so many different causes of pelvic pain. Right, I see, I see. Now, you mentioned about certain type of foods. Um, does that also affect um, pelvic pain? Like, just say, for example, ca caffeine. 
you know, could something like like that affect? I mean, what caffeine is of a drink, but um, what like I'm just saying a certain food um that you mentioned about tomatoes before because of the acid. So does it also affect the pelvic pain or could? Um, it's possible. There's not as direct of a correlation. It, it really depends on again. We're back to what's causing your pelvic pain. Mm. If you're if you have bladder pain and that is overflowing into full pelvic pain, well, now definitely what you're eating and drinking is definitely important for trying to minimize okay. that pain. But if you've okay. got pelvic pain because of maybe a nerve issue or some other reason, maybe you had pelvic surgery, then maybe what you're eating isn't going to be quite as important. So, um, you know, that's something that you can discuss kind of with your healthcare practitioner. They can help because there's so many different causes of pelvic pain. They can kind of help lead you down these roads where you can find the most effective treatment for your particular situation. Okay, great, great. Once again, thank you for staying with Restless Revenue Podcast. We'll be right back. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. with my special guest, Angela Fishman. Angela, I really appreciate you taking your time and sharing all your valuable information with our listener audience. If you can please share how we can contact you. Oh, sure. I am at mypelvictherapy.com. And I would love to offer your listeners actually a discount. I not only do one-on-one private telehealth pelvic physical therapy visits, but I also do pelvic fitness classes where we work on improving pelvic floor muscle strength and bladder control. And we do that, all of that virtually. And so I'd like to offer a 50% off promo code to your listeners um, for my upcoming four-week virtual pelvic floor class called Purge the Urge, where we're going to work on urgency and frequency. So if you have any listeners that are really struggling with urgency and frequency, waking up a lot at night, those types of bladder challenges, then we're doing a fitness class. It's a four-week-long, once-a-week live virtual class via Zoom to address those issues. And they can use the promo code D-O-N-A-T-A-5-0 for 50% off. So um, I'm just so appreciative that you let me come on and talk about what's near and dear to my heart is working with pelvic floor um, issues for women. Well, great. Well, thank you. If someone would like to reach out to, to me, the best way is Donetta10k.com, and that is D-O-N-A-T-A, the number 10k.com. That's where you'll be able to find my website or my podcast episodes, services I offer on sleep, health, fitness, and wellness, including all my social media platforms and so much more. Once again, Donetta10k.com. Remember, sleep 
Heels.